what Keep Kids Alive is all about. It's all about preserving relationships. We all come home to somebody, somebody comes home to us. We want those relationships to be preserved. The Lego kits weren't enough. He had to make things much more extravagant on his own. He was our jokester. He was definitely the the prankster of the family. And very, very loving. I mean, he loved his animals. I don't know that anybody's been back out on that road. People would ask us, well, what do you mean you run on a gravel road? That's not safe. Growing up, it was the safest thing in the world. I guess I had kind of blinders on when we first got started and it's gotten to be so much bigger and so many more people involved. Well, welcome everyone to uh, the second episode uh, of our Keep Kids Alive podcast. I'm Tom Everson. I'm the executive director for Keep Kids Alive Drive 25 and I'll be your host today. I wanna welcome our guests for this episode. My name is Christine Nielsen and I am from, grew up, born and raised in Trainer, Iowa and currently live in Omaha, Nebraska. My name is Lisa White and I grew up in Trainer, Iowa and now I live in Trainer, Iowa. We, that's where we're raising our kids. We're going to talk about a special project that uh, has emerged uh, out of our mission of Keep Kids Alive Drive 25 in uh, Trainer, Iowa. Let's just join the conversation and see where it takes us. You know, the first question I have is just uh, for each of you to just be able to share about, you know, how you came to be connected with Keep Kids Alive Drive 25. This is Christy, by the way. (laughs) This is Tristan's aunt. Um, So Tristan was out. So again, my, my nephew was out running actually for wrestling practice on November 13th um, on a gravel road with some friends and was killed by a driver who had seen him, had seen the kids. Um, so just kind of a distracted type situation. And uh, for me, I'm a, I'm a runner, have been a long time runner. And for me, it was really difficult to have him taken away doing something that I do every day of my life. So right away, we kind of all knew we wanted to do something with runners because you hear about this stuff a lot with runners and bikers being being taken by careless driving. And my roommate, probably two months after Tristan's accident, had came across Run to Remember, which is a 5K in Omaha for celebrating loved ones who have been lost um, due to traffic accidents. And uh, right away, she's like, I think this might be your thing. And, I, and we didn't know because, you know, where do you start? And so I remember I contacted Lisa right away. And what do you think? And that's kind of early. Didn't know if we were ready for it. And had another friend, Vanessa Erbach, actually um, reached out and said, oh, you guys need to do this. Tom will call you. He'll get a hold of you. And he'll, he'll kind of tell you the whole deal, what's going on. And okay, so let's, let's do that. So within a few days, I believe Tom contacted me and uh, just started sharing Tristan's story and and he told us all the great things that Keep Kids Alive does. And he thought, you know, what can we do? What can we do for Tristan? And I know at that point it was still a little early for Lisa and the family, but actually I think they kind of jumped right in and I, we had a huge turnout that first year at um, the Run to Remember. And, and since then it's just kind of taken off. Yeah. I think there were probably 240 people on Tristan's, Tristan's team, team, which is pretty yeah. amazing uh, testimony to his life. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. That's where I started and obviously grabbed Lisa in at that point and kind of took off. 
You want to chime that is in? true. You want to chime in, Lisa? Yeah. So I showed up for the run <laughs> um, and, and it, it, there were a lot of people there. It was kind of crazy how, how many people showed up. Um, from there, we knew we wanted to do something more. And I think it was not long after that run that Tom actually came out to the house, said, I want to meet. I'll come out. Let's chat. And he wanted to know what, what I wanted to do, what I pictured, like the big picture. And that was where a walking trail first came. I thought it was so far-fetched to even consider it. So I hadn't really told anybody. And then that day it came up and he was like, well, yeah, why don't you do that? Or at least put it on your radar and start working towards it. In the meantime, knowing that that was the big picture, we started talking about how we could bring keep what I could do locally with keep kids alive or what I could do to make it more personal to our family. And we started throwing around ideas of what group we would get involved since it was something that I wasn't going to do solo in town. And Tom had suggested youth, getting youth involved somehow. So talked to my oldest daughter, Mackenzie, and Junior Optimists got thrown out there. And so from there, after talking with a few of the junior optimists, um, like their sponsors, they, and they're actually optimists in the, in the group from trainer, they thought that what I wanted to accomplish with keeps kids alive group was right up the alley of the junior optimists. So they took it on to the board for the junior optimists, and then they presented it in their next meeting and Keep Kids Alive, Trainer Iowa, Junior Optimists. It was kind of born that day. And wow, it's went on from there. <laughs> well, can you talk a little bit about some of the things that have happened from uh, Keep Kids Alive, Drive 25 and Trainer with the support of the junior and actually the leadership of the Junior Optimists? Uh, what are some uh, examples of some of the things that they've been able to do? Right off the bat, and it, it was you, Tom, that called me one day and said, there's a grant that you guys would fall into. And if it's okay, I wrote it up already. <laughs> and, and let's submit it and see what happens. And I threw that out to the, the junior optimist and was like, you know, it's really no work for us because it's, it's written and we'll apply and, and see what happens. So that, that was our first big endeavor, I guess, as a group was to apply to the neighborhood assist program with State Farm. It was for a $25,000 grant award. We had to make the cut. There were, there were 2000 applications. We had to make the cut of 200 and we did. And then it, it went to a vote, a nationwide vote. And, um, we ended up being one of the top 40 and had that money. So right off the bat, it made it easy for us to come up with some things of what we wanted to accomplish. Cause we had $25,000 awarded to us. State troopers were super involved, as was like the fire department and got the trainer community involved because some parents participated in it. And then a lot of actors, actresses from trainer high school put on this mock crash, which the kids are still talking about. Like I've had people just this past week ask me how long it's been and are we do another one? Because they felt like it made a huge impact. They it, it was based on distracted driving and the outcome of that. So yeah, that was, that was the first big thing. But along that, along that first year, we also keep kids alive signs. We had, I believe it was the football team that helped us put out, I don't even know how many we bought. 
that first time around. I'm, I'm thinking they put over a hundred signs out and it just wasn't trainer. It was, um, we have a lot of open enroll kids in trainer. So it was other communities even that some of those signs went to because little Southwest Iowa towns are friends with other little Southwest Iowa towns. So we ended up with some in Underwood and Carson and some outlying communities that happened to bust a trainer. And so signs all over from our football team and radar, radar signs. We ended up our radar well, I think you call them speed alert signs. And that's that what are, they were. They, yeah, were, that they are, were the radar that, mm-hmm. so we've now got four of those. We've got one at each, each entrance of trainer because trainer sits on a busy highway. And so that from that four corners, we've got, we've got the speed alert one coming in from each direction plus well off the highway. And then one coming the other two directions from the other roads that travel into trainer as well. And all that was accomplished just that, that first year with, um, the grant money and the, the kids working with the rest of the keep kids alive and trainer. Christy, would you like to talk a little bit about your involvement with that and what you've seen happen? Um, and one thing I guess I think we should probably say is again, Tristan was killed on a gravel road running a road that Lisa and I, and I mean, we've ran on this gravel road for years and years and years. And, and I remember the first time I started coaching cross country in high school in Omaha, I'm sorry. And I thought, this is so crazy how these kids run on, on streets, you know, in town. And, but yet people would ask us, well, what do you mean you run on a gravel road? That's not safe. Growing up, it was the safest thing in the world. I mean, I was never concerned. You ran to the trees. You ran to the trees and turned around. Um, there, it was never a concern. I always thought it was crazy that people ran in town. I didn't understand what small people who weren't, didn't live in small towns, but they could, but they did. Um, so that's the whole thing with the, with the trail is, you know, people right away after Tristan's accident, okay, they can't run on that road anymore. Well, they should be running around the track. Anybody who runs knows you're not going to go run four miles around the track if you don't have to. And so why should something that we've had for years and years be taken away because of his, you know, his loss and how can we make that, make it safe for more and more people? So um, basically I just, I'm just kind of along for the ride at this point. You guys kind of do. And I try to go on and do talks for um, safe, safe running for people. So I've done a talk at trainer and at other small, um, other schools. I'm sorry, but that's just my thing is I'm, I'm just here for support at this point. Well, I guess I'm just asking this question uh, about how the initial response from the trainer from just the optimist club at the, the junior optimist club at the high school, uh, how that's affected what's happened in the trainer community as a whole. From the time when the junior optimists got involved, because, you know, keep in mind that was going to be a bunch of freshmen, sophomore, it, it's a lot more juniors and seniors, I feel like that have gotten involved in this smaller group, but it really took off. The whole community kind of got behind it as well. We started looking at other, the other groups, the trainer, junior women, the trainer visioning the optimists themselves, the city council. And we've now got members on our keep kids alive trainer group from, from all of these groups. We kind of threw it out there. One of us went and and attended one of each of their meetings and we ended up with, with people from all of them supporting us. And three years later, they're still, we've, we've still got that quite a group and kind of a representation from all these different groups and trainer that kind of bring to the table their own piece or their own expertise. And that in itself was pretty cool because when I first started talking about this with the junior optimist, I didn't know if anybody else was going to be 
interested like I was. And, and of course the, the kids, kids are so motivated. Like they really did jump in and, and it, you know, helped with projects and worked into projects, but to see these adults that had so many other things going on, want to come and sit at a meeting every week or every two weeks to get this thing going. That was pretty, it was pretty cool to see. We've also had a couple town, town meetings, community meetings to brainstorm what we needed because the way trainers set up, it's, it, it's been added to, and there's community, there's neighborhoods within trainer that don't even have sidewalks to get to the rest of the town. And the turnout of these people to just come to our meetings and tell us what they see is necessary, what, what their fears are, what they worry. That's been, we, we had almost a hundred people turn out one Saturday just to give us their two cents on what they wanted to see in trainer. And it could be anything. It ranged from the sidewalk outside my house is terrible to, I want a running trail. And so the turnout, the turnout and support even there has been pretty overwhelming. Like I didn't expect that, that that was what we would see from the whole community when I, I still feel like I'm super, I, I want to save lives and I want to not ever have what happened to Tristan happen again. But yeah, it's pretty, I mean, there's some self-motivation there too, to, to get this trail going and do the, the, some of the stuff that we're doing um, to keep kids alive. So the initial, uh, the initial efforts of the junior optimist is really uh, it morphed into community engagement. Of it, people, it really has. Uh, people who may not even have thought about getting involved uh, prior to. Well, I know uh, uh, from having been at a couple of these events myself that uh, the uh, junior optimists have done a couple of um, events at uh, high school basketball games and all. Can you speak to that, that at all? So the first one, I believe we were awarded, <laughs> we were awarded grant. Was it the second grant though? I, I think, well, I think, I don't even yeah. remember. Well, we, we, we got the, uh, we were able to get a second grant from, uh, from the neighborhood assists, uh, where we went through the same process, but we're able to get another $25,000, which in part is, is going to help, uh, you know, with any kind of studies that might need to be done, uh, you know, as the plans for a trail, uh, evolve. I know one of the, uh, the basketball games, we were awarded the, the, the big check right. and that, all that was the, yeah, that was but the also, uh, grant. it could be, uh, but we had, uh, had the car magnets made, uh, the keychains made the t-shirts, the t-shirts made, they threw and, the t-shirts. Yeah. They, they actually did trivia. They had a table set up outside the gym and did trivia and, we gave away all our t-shirts that night. I think I, I think we thought we would have extra and we even had people asking if they could buy them from us because we were just doing them. If you had to either do trivia or I think get interviewed. And so some people opted for a short interview that day and lots of people got into the trivia and the t-shirt. Yeah. We gave away all the t-shirts that night and had none to sell because the trivia was a really big hit outside the basketball game. Do you remember what, what kind of trivia questions were asked or what were they related to? You know what? I think a lot of them came right off the keep kids live side. <laughs> Again, these were <laughs> shameless plug. <laughs> it, it was, I mean, you, it, know. It, you know, it, in fact, I'm pretty sure one of the questions was what group is involved in trainer Iowa? <laughs> and, you know, things, things like that. Are, are, are you paying attention? Like, what do we have outside on, on the highway now? And the answer was the radar the radar wagons and what group is involved and, and keep kids alive, drive 25. Or I guess one of the questions was even what's KKAD25 stand for. <laughs> um, 
but it was fun. We had kids participating, adults participating. It, it was funny to have some of the children that were like 10 and 11 years old. And you're at, so we would ask them things like, what's the speed limit coming into trainer? And you're asking a non-driver, they have no idea, but yeah, it, it was relatively easy trivia, but it was, it was statistics and stuff pulled off the keep kids alive website too, that are kind of earth shattering when you start looking at those statistics um, at, at what's happening. Because I think for most people, until you have it hit home, you don't realize what the statistics are. And we remind ourselves statistics actually mean real people, real human beings, mm -hmm. people who are loved and, and love. Right. Well, uh, Lisa, you talked a little bit about uh, how the idea for Tristan's Trail, what at least I've been calling Tristan's Trail, uh, came up. Can you, can you speak to where that is right now? Uh, how the planning is going? Uh, what kind of community support there is? Uh, that is a long road. I'm learning. Yeah. It all takes time. But so Tristan's Trail, I think, is a much bigger project than what I even initially expected it to be. And, and still my ultimate goal is for a trail for running. But in the past, well, it's been about a year and a half now, our Keep Kids Alive group got involved with, with several other groups and support systems, including like the National Parks, Rivers and Trails. We're now in our second year that we've been awarded a technical assistance grant from them. So not money to finance anything, but the expertise from the group to they, they've built lots of trails. They know the ins and outs of everything. And they've also helped us get involved with a few other groups like Trees Are Forever and oh my gosh, there's another one, Nature Works Everywhere, which is also, it also pulls the town of Trainer into. We're even working on maybe smaller, they're actually smaller things right now, like fixing the crosswalk that makes that connects one side of town to the other because again these kids have to cross the highway to do it because this trail that we're that we're still all envisioning kind of uses different parts of of town on both sides of that highway so yeah we're even looking smaller to like the crosswalk situation it's to sit there and watch it is is scary so we had a group from the trees are forever group and, and the community visioning grant that have actually brought in, I think we had students from both ISU and University of Iowa we, to do, we did a walkability study. I'll interject, ISU yes. is at Iowa State University for those of you around the country. Oh, sorry, yeah, ISU, <laughs> Iowa State University. Yeah, so we actually had, we had engineering students come in. It was their final year, big project. And so from a walkability project that looked at our needs, which included this it's not even a four corners. It's just right across the middle of the highway that connects where the high school is and where all these kids are dropped off and whatever the crosswalk situation and lights. Um, they, they're looking at things, how we can fix that, how we can slow down traffic because eventually this trail that we envision would require us still to go across the highway to access the whole thing because we're slowly realizing it's going to happen in bits and pieces because we would like it to encompass the school ground. Well, the school is right in the middle of construction right now. They don't want to really commit or worry about a trail around the perimeter until construction is, is done. And I think we're still a year out, a year and a half out from that new facility being finished. Trainer Visioning or Vision Trainer is a group that got started. I want to say it's been five or six years ago now. Their idea kind of works right alongside what 
what we want. And so we've met with them and we've got a gentleman on our group from their board as well. They've got quite a bit of land on one side of the highway that's been dedicated to adding softball, baseball fields and soccer, football fields. And even their initial, I, I looked back at this the other day and their initial date was 11, 11, 13 is when they first wrote about how it would make sense to put a walking trail around their perimeter. So they were the ones that sought out me a couple of years ago and they were like, we'd, we would like to work with, with you in, you know, trying to make that happen. But even that whole thing has been slower. It looks like they might have a few fields done by this summer, but then again, to commit to a trail all the way around the perimeter of something that's not finished is super hard to do. So we've got all these bits and pieces started, all these places. We, I, I still really want to make a trail go from trainer to the Wabash Trace, which is 10 miles south, I think, of trainer. Is it feasible? I don't know. But I feel like we've got some of the right groups involved with us and some of the expertise to maybe to maybe get us there. So just this past week in our meeting, we've decided that all of us are getting a little impatient for a trail. And we're we're even looking at maybe once these two fields are done, that we might be able to start a trail, like a piece of the trail along the one side of where these two fields are. So yeah, it's not gonna go all the way around. I'm not gonna get my three mile trail done right away, even in trainer, but it would be a piece. It would be the beginning of Tristan's trail. And I just kind of picture that it's going to just keep building as things are done and, and goals are accomplished within the town because we don't have a really big town to work with. Well, it's pretty amazing. All of the uh, partners that have come into this, I mean, the Iowa state university and the university of Iowa and the national yeah. park service. And I think you've got some other groups that are involved as well uh, along the way. So you know, the, uh, the ripple effect of this has been enormous, uh, mm -hmm. not only in your town, but throughout Pottawatomie County, uh, which for our listeners, that's the county that trainer is located <laughs> <Right>. in <laughs> and all. One just wanted to ask a question too, about the, um, the banners that went up this year. Oh, they finally went up. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that, that was quite a project. The banners were, that was from our first grant. And it was one of the first things that everybody wanted. They saw pictures of the banners and they wanted these. I don't even know how big they are. I've not been up to them up close. They're 30 inches wide and 60 inches okay. long. So, so it's hard to tell when they're up in the air. Yeah. But that was one thing that the group wanted right off the bat. Those banners are cool. That would attract some attention. Let's do it. And what are the messages on the banners? Phone down, eyes up is one of them. Mm -hmm. And they all say trainer on them. I know. Welcome to trainer. And the other one says... Be aware, drive with care. And, uh, you know, for those of us, uh, those of you listening, uh, we, uh, Trainer's the second uh, town in the country that has uh, utilized Avenue banners to help get traffic safety messages out along the roadways. And, uh, you know, oftentimes you have to, um, to go through quite a few steps in order to get permissions to, to post those and get the messages approved and, you know, the uh, optimal height that they're supposed to be. And, and, uh, of course, uh, is it Highway 92? Highway 92. Hi yeah. Highway 92 is what is the road that goes right through the middle of Trainer. And so since it's a state highway, then you end up having to get state right. uh, agencies involved in that process as well. So it's not impossible to do these things, but recognizing that uh, there are a lot of partners that need to be engaged along the way in order to uh, for the projects like this to come to fruition. And 
you know, fortunately, uh, the folks in trainer have been, uh, they've, they've persevered, uh, they've been persistent. And, uh, so those banners went up this year. They did. They, and they look nice. I, they're noticeable. Well, I want to shift a little bit because Lisa, your family and, uh, Christy has run a few times with our, uh, what we call our live forward team on Pikes peak. And, You've come out to uh, celebrate Tristan and Sherry, if you would like to talk about Sherry as well. I'm going to leave it open to you to just talk about what your, you know, how you got involved with that and what your experience has been. So along with that, um, you know, what I talked about first is how we got contacted or got in contact with um, Keep Kids Alive. I remember talking to Tom the first time and right away you had brought up, oh, you're a runner. You should come do Pikes Peak with us. And what's funny is I had a friend who had done Pikes multiple times and had asked, oh, come do Pikes Peak Ascent. So essentially running up um, Pikes Peak for 13.1 miles. And I was like, not a chance. No way would I ever consider doing this. And it makes a difference when you decide you're going to do it for somebody. So when Tom brought that up, I contacted another friend who had lost her son and is involved with Keep Kids Alive, Sherry Troop, and said, Sherry, what do you think? Should we do this? And she was like, I'm in which kind of scared me because I don't know that I was that committed at that point. Um, but then talk to Lisa's family and what do you guys think? Let's go out there and, and do this. And it, it is, it's amazing. It's an amazing experience. And since we've went back, I think I've done it three times, have had a whole group of friends go with me as well. It's something that you, you can't really describe it until you've done it or been there. And yes, we're also uh, celebrating. My sister Sherry was killed. Our sister Sherry was killed. Back in 1988, she had taken me in to a softball game just five miles from my parents' house. I had made the decision of what time she was going to take me in. We had all this extra time. She dropped me off. And it was one of those weird things you talk about that a few minutes later, I had this gut-wrenching feeling, but it was, where's my mom? Well, my mom shouldn't have been there for another two hours, to be honest. About 15 minutes after that, they stopped the game that I was not playing and but was practicing. And, and they came over and just said, um, there's been an accident. You need to go home. So got in one car, still didn't know what was going on. Headed down that highway 92 that we talk about and uh, drove right by the accident site. Just everything from that point, you know, my life changed, our whole family's life changed. And it, it came down to finding out that it was a, it, it, I wouldn't say a distracted driver, but a absolutely preventable accident by somebody screwing around driving as a teenager, which it happens far too often. And back then we didn't talk about it. We just kind of shoved it under and, and, and didn't deal with it. So this was a great way for our family to deal with not only the loss of Tristan, but the loss of Sherry as well. And then bring in friends as well that had, had lost loved ones um, too. So yeah, Pikes Peak has been an amazing, amazing thing. And the people we meet and, and the way of seeing and watching people this past year was for me, probably the most amazing year of, of watching other families come and, and watching them literally change during their time at Pikes Peak, coming in angry. You can see the anger, you can hear the anger. And three days later, they're smiling and they're laughing and they're crying with us. And it's, they, they finally can be around a group of people who are all honestly dealing with the same thing as, as crappy as it is and as horrible of a, I say it's a group you don't want to belong in, but to know you have a group is, is pretty amazing. Well, thanks, Christy. 
You know, uh, Lisa, I, I remember when your family came out the first time. Yeah, I don't run it, by the way. And, <laughs> yeah, families don't have to run it to come out. Uh, I we cheer have, we have and families, support others. Yeah, we have families from all over the country that come out to be cheerleaders and to meet each other and to share stories and make memories on uh, Pikes Peak. And, uh, you know, one of the things I, I always like to say about the White family is that there's, there's just a sense of joy and playfulness in your family. And it, uh, you know, it certainly came out in that first visit that, mm -hmm. uh, cause I think that was your first time out to Colorado. Right. Can you talk about that a little bit? Um, we love Colorado now, by the way. And it's <laughs> they like my, my kids want to move there. They are, they're totally ready to move to Colorado. And it's because of, of coming out there for Pikes Peak that first and second and third time. So if anybody out there is with uh, the Colorado Visitors Bureau or, <laughs> you know, uh, you, you have some, uh, you have some people who can come up and give testimonials. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Now I've got one that wants to go to college there now because uh, she fell in love just because of Pikes Peak and, and that weekend we spent there. The friends that I made when I was out there, you really don't get any other opportunity to do that. And so I'm still in contact with, with some of those families. Even my kids are like, Andon was how old that first time? Nine. Yeah, probably. And, and she made friends with some of the, the younger adults out there, like some of that were running and stuff. She got to be friends with some of the siblings that were there for their brother and sister and whatever. And to be able to contact and connect with some of these families and share stories and, and not be judged. And then you take that away and, and we still connect and still kind of root each other on and, use them as sounding board for certain things. Cause there's other families that have certain activities that they're, they're doing in memory of their kids. And you can't hardly even describe the experience or that opportunity that you get that weekend, because there's just not, there's not many opportunities like that. Overall, let's face it. Society doesn't like us to talk about grief and they certainly don't want us to talk about what we've lost and whatever. So for that weekend, it's all open and everybody is just willing to share and willing to listen and enjoy some beautiful scenery on the way. Well, I know I, I recall the first time you came out because you came out a day early and I know your kids spent time at the Garden of the Gods mm -hmm. and climbing on rocks mm -hmm. and they looked like they were just having a blast. But your, your comment too, just about, uh, you know, our culture's inability to talk about death when it happens, uh, you know, it reminds me of a quote that a friend shared with me one time that our, our, death, -denying, our death denying culture has life denying consequences. You know, that, uh, you know, the opportunity to be able to talk about those things that affect us most deeply when we don't have the opportunity to take uh, advantage of those, uh, those moments, uh, it can prevent us from living as fully as, as we can. What are, what are some special qualities about Tristan that you might want to highlight for us? Uh, the kind of kid he was and the things that made him happy and made other people happy. Anything hunting or fishing made Tristan happy, almost to a point of fault where you wanted to wring his neck at times because there was other stuff in life. But he did like his hunting and fishing so much. He was, he was smart though. That kid, he, he wanted to be like an architect or an engineer. His brain thought that way. He liked to take things apart and build things and the Lego kits weren't enough. He had to make things much more extravagant on his own. He was our jokester. He was definitely the, the prankster of the family, I would say overall. 
like at the time I didn't know, but just talking to friends afterwards about some of the stuff he pulled, like he was, he was known to, to dump five gallon buckets of dirt on people in the barn and just pull some crazy stunts that I didn't even realize, you know, that he was doing. He was kind of the class clown, I think, but also I think gave a real good discussion, like political discussion. He liked to argue. And so if you wanted to argue some politics, he actually had, I mean, even as freshmen in high school, he had a couple other friends and in the freshman class that they could, they could discuss politics all day and get some good arguments going from there. And if he wasn't discussing and arguing politics, it was probably going to be Iowa Hawkeye football. So he felt pretty strongly, pretty deeply about the Iowa Hawkeyes too. So he would uh, defend them and argue that until the end. Just, just a good, easygoing kid, really. One of the funniest things I remember about him is, yes, he was the class clown. He was the kid that we were at like a volleyball game and he was in a volleyball game that he would go, going to give one of his sisters a water bottle and he'd fall. He didn't really fall, but he'd, I mean, he'd fall. And so people be like, what? He would totally just make it up that he's falling down and he would just act like nothing happened. But the one thing that you did not tell Tristan that his little sister was stronger than him. And I happened no. to do that a couple of times and wow, you'd see the other side of Tristan. She is not his little sister. Livy was in gymnastics and all that at the time. And I'd always tell her, you know, do 10 pushups. <laughs> well, let me do it. You can't do it like her. And he would get so mad at me, just very competitive, but yet, yeah, very soft-spoken on the other side, which is what I would say is just, he was quiet. And I mean, we'd sit there and, put together Legos. I mean, I, I remember the one year I bought Kale, this huge airplane Lego, and it still comes up on my Facebook because it was Tristan and I doing Playing it. Yeah, it. Kale somewhere else. And Tristan's like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. But yeah, just funny as can be. I mean, that was the biggest thing with Tristan is just extremely funny and and very, very loving. I mean, he loved his animals was the other thing. Kind of sometimes, you know, the older sister would be kind of meh, it's just an animal, but Tristan was very loving, but didn't really want you to know it. Same no, thing. No, because he wanted to be like dad. Yeah. He's yeah. a big hunter. With horses, he just, he wanted to love them, but yet he wanted to be like, nope, I don't need them. I don't need them. So it was kind of fun to, to watch. You knew what he was thinking, but he didn't want to show it because yeah, he was tough like dad. We've had several uh, hashtag uh, Tristan Strong shirts made. And uh, what about the color? What's the significance of the color? I'm not going to tell you the color. I'll let you tell the color. <laughs> the, the bright green. He loved bright green. And even better, well, not better, but he wore bright green with red shorts all the time. Like I can't even say how many times he'd come downstairs and I'd be like, dude, you, you just don't match. Like green and red don't go together, except at Christmas time. <laughs> it, it doesn't go together. But you look back at pictures and I mean, I guess I didn't even realize how often he wore this these bright green shirts and he'd have red shorts on. Cause that's what he, I mean, trainers red and he's also an Oklahoma fan. And that was like a dark red, like he had, he had red shorts and it went with the bright green. So that's kind of where the bright green came from was he just, he had a lot of green stuff, I guess. And it stuck cause everything's bright green now. So. When you think about where you are right now, what are some of the next steps that you see happening in trainer? Either things that you think need to happen or are in the works? I guess the top, my, my top couple things are to keep pushing forward on this trail thing. That's 
that's always on my mind. And what's the significance of the trail in terms of being able to have it for the community? I just want, I want a safe place for those kids to run that just like Christy said before, cause I, I did have people say, well, why can't they run on a track? We just got a, we have a really nice track and stadium and whatever. And like, have you ever ran four miles around the track? That's so boring. And to do it every day. So because the kids are still running around town, like, and, and like I said before, trainer is lacking a lot of sidewalks just because of the way it, when it was built and how it was built, a lot of places don't have sidewalks. So we've still got kids running in the streets and you got cross country kids running early in the morning. And, and I don't know that anybody's been back out on that road. Um, I know for quite a while they didn't let them, but also I know for sports, the kids have a 30 or 40 minute buddy run. And I don't know if they dictate where you can go on your buddy run or not, but I'd sure the heck rather run on a gravel road or a path than I would on the city streets or sidewalks or the track or whatever. So it's huge for me just to keep, cause I, I do, I mean, I have my one daughter runs cross country and I hate dropping her off early in the morning, knowing that they're not running on the track. And that, that was another little thing that we did with, with the keep kids alive group. We did manage to get them some lights and reflective vests and things like that, at least got that going so that those kids are a little bit lit up in the morning when they're, when they're running. It's not the same as just sending them down a four or five mile path though. That's that just, there's so much planning involved and so many hurdles that need to be jumped and, and whatnot to make that work. The other thing that it just seems it, it's going forward, but it's taking time because we've got to work through so many avenues is I think our whole group, our whole Keep Kids Alive group would like to see the crosswalk situation completely changed outside the school. What kind of happens with it is the kids from the elementary bus down to the high school. So come down the highway in a bus. They're dropped off in a parking lot that's on the other side of the highway. And then they walk across and there's a light flashing. People have seen people run that light. So cars coming because cars coming through trainer are just they're on the highway and you're just not expecting this mass of kids that is always crossing the highway. And the way things are set up right now, you've got kind of a crosswalk sitting right next to a street where if people are sitting on the street, they're trying to decide, can I turn? Can I not turn? Should I turn? Is that red light for me? It's hard to watch because it's just not straight on. This is how we should walk across and, and not what's safe. So, and, and with that, we're even looking at some bump outs and things like that nearby so that you'd no longer have parked cars in that area. So it would cut down some of the vision blocks that maybe occur. And with that bump out with bump outs, you would take what appears to be a four lane highway right now, or two way and two way, you'd take away almost half of that, that the kids would need to cross instead of crossing what could potentially be four lanes of traffic. You're going to have a bump out on each side and just two lanes of traffic. So to get that done, I I'm, you know, feeling pretty good that maybe within the next year or whatever, that could happen. Along with that though, small towns, it's hard to change. People like parking on that highway right now, but I don't think they realize what parked cars on the highway do for our vision and, and making it safer or making it less safer to cross. So those are two of the big, the big things right now. And our meeting last week, I know the kids it's, it's kind of sitting there on the back burner again. They want to do another mock crash. 
So a couple, a couple things I'm thinking about as I, I listen is that, uh, you know, one of the, uh, one of the effects of initiating keep kids alive in trainer in the first place is to really do a, a wholesale evaluation of the infrastructure as well, which, uh, I, I don't know if anybody anticipated that when you, mm-hmm. you started and all, but, uh, so there's been a lot of benefit in engaging the community and, uh, really evaluating what needs to be done to create as safe a space as possible for mm-hmm. not only the kids, but for anybody who's traveling in and out of trainer or right. walking along the sidewalk and, yeah, that was a bonus that I didn't even, I, I guess I had kind of blinders on when we first got started and it was like, we're gonna make a trail and it's gotten to be so much bigger and so many more people involved and it really has become, and, and it's still kind of dubbed Tristan's trail. Like the whole thing, it was like, it's just going to make trainer more walkable and more safe for everybody that's moving. It, it's small enough that it's a lot easier to walk trainer than it is to drive trainer. It's just not always safe to let your kids do it. So yeah, it, it's become much bigger and, and we really have, I feel like looked at all the different things that could be changed to make it safer and have, we've had really good community involvement giving their two cents as well. You know, one of the things I was thinking about is last year when we had our, uh, our live forward 5k. And by the way, those of you who are listening, uh, live forward is all about bringing good into the world in honor of loved ones who've died in traffic incidents. And the trainer community uh, has really demonstrated that, you know, in some ways beyond belief, when you think about where things started out and uh, where they continue to be engaged and involved in, uh, and living and moving forward for the future. But uh, last year was our eighth uh, 5K uh, Live Forward Run Walk to remember uh, here in Omaha. And uh, we had a special gift uh, in your daughter, Liv. Uh, I don't know if you want to say anything about that. We bribe her to sing. <laughs> I think so. I'm not really sure what Threaten her. Yeah, threaten her. Yeah. Liv, Liv has been singing I don't even, I mean, she started singing in the car when she was little and it got to be something so much bigger. She sang for things. Sometimes she sang for some football games and baseball, baseball games, a a hometown hero game. And then all of a sudden she taught herself how to play the ukulele one weekend, but she never really took it any farther than that. And I think most of her performances ended up being me taping outside the door and she didn't even know I was doing it sort of thing. (laughs) But yeah, Tom asked her to sing and she went back and forth and didn't want to commit and did want to commit and, and did finally. And I think probably she told everybody that morning she was going to throw up any second, but she sang and it was beautiful. And she, she can, she definitely moved. I mean, it's a beautiful song. And then having her sing it, kind of put a little twist on it for our family because it, we do love listening to her. The song that Liv sang is called um, Love is Here to Stay. It was actually written by my son, Michael, and uh, his now wife, Joanna, and uh, in honor and memory of uh, loved ones who've died in traffic incidents, but is really dedicated to the families. things that has happened over the last four or five years with our local 5k run is that we always have somebody uh, sing that as kind of our anthem uh, to open up the run and so Liv did that uh, last year and did it very well she uh, she really owned the song she got the music from 
Michael and uh, she made it her own, which was really special to see somebody just embrace that in their own way and put their own unique spin on it. And I think one thing with Liv too is, I mean, she sang a lot before Tristan's accident and she kind of, she kind of quit. It did. She really did stop after because I, yeah, I found a video the other day that I was like, well, here she's performing. And it was the summer before we lost Tristan. And so after that, the, the performing really just halted. Yeah. I would say that was her first and Big. only yeah. performance since we lost him. Well, we were honored to have her. The one thing I wanted to say about Pike's Peak as well, I think was huge. And I know for your family, for Lisa's family, it was, is because they'd always done family vacations and stuff. And it's one of those things you didn't want to be happy without them there. It's that, it's that guilty feeling of, of celebrating something without them there. And I think Pike's Peak for their family and for everybody's family is, you can have fun and you can celebrate because you're celebrating from, for them. And I think that's really, you guys really kind of, that was your thing. This was Tristan's weekend. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, it was Tristan's weekend. And every time they'd post a picture, it was, you know, this is, this is for Tristan. I think that's such a great thing. And I think that's like all the families is they don't feel guilty about celebrating. They don't feel guilty about smiling and, 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 and talking about those lost loved ones because everybody's there in the same situation. So I just, that's one thing that I, I noticed the first year and I've noticed ever since is that they, you know, the families can say this is for the loved ones we've lost. And, and, and that's feel huge because that was the first we, vacation. We didn't call it family vacation. Oh. Um, we still don't call them family vacations. And, but that made it okay to go. And, and okay to smile and, right. and laugh and because right. it was for him. Well, when you, when you think about going forward and trainer, are there ways that our listeners might be able to support the effort in some way? Yeah. Do you have a lot of land? <laughs> in Trainer, Iowa. Trainer, Iowa. <laughs> that you won't mind us running on. At all. Oh. But as you think, as you think about uh, what kind of supports, tangible things that people might be able to do or. I'm, I'm hoping at the point when we do start on a trail, some of the work for it, I'm hoping we can find people that will actually jump in and and help with some of that. Because one of the things I keep hearing is maintenance, 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 maintenance. How are, how are you going to maintain that once it's done? Who's going to clean it? Who's going to, you know, keep up the, the, the greenery or whatever you do around it. 
So it's those little things that I'm hoping that we'll find people to step up and, and say, yeah, you know, I, I don't mind going over and plowing it through or maintaining some of the, the flowers or planting flowers around it or whatever on a larger scale. I know, I know we are going to have to start doing fundraising because I didn't even realize the cost of a trail is so much more than I ever envisioned. And then you start looking at, if you're looking at some big grants, then you've got to consider it's got to be 10 foot wide and it's got to be concrete. And the the cost of the trail that I envision is going to be a whole lot more than what I ever imagined. And so, you know, with that fundraising and grant writing and all those sorts of things are going to, we're getting closer. We're just not there yet. So listeners out there, if, uh, if you're in the position, you know, to write the kind of check that would help (laughs) to, uh, help to bring this project to uh, fruition, you are welcome to write that check. (laughs) Of course, (laughs) always. Are there any final thoughts that, that, uh, that you have? I don't think I realized when we first got started with Keep Kids Alive at how much, even when half the time you're, you've kind of just sat back in the background now and kind of let us do our own thing. But that first meeting with you and, and probably the run too, just to kind of reel us in and get involved. And, and we truly kind of saw what a difference it could make for, for our family. And then for some of the stuff that we're doing, I, cause I don't know that I would have ever pursued a trail or even a group and trainer had I not came in contact. I don't know what I would have done. Like you got to take the energy you have and do something with it. But it, it was keep kids alive that gave me the direction on where I needed to, to head from there initially. And I, I don't know what I would be doing. I, I don't know what direction I would have went. Otherwise I I feel like this is the right one though. So it, it was because of that first meeting and, and Christy's friend finding the run. Cause I had honestly never heard of when it doesn't happen to you or you're not directly affected right then you don't, you don't know what's out there. Thanks Lisa. Cause one of the things uh, I'd like when you're actually echoing this is that uh, you know, keep kids alive drive 25. We've worked with over 1700 communities in 49 different States over our 21 years of, uh, of existence. And one of the keys to me of all of how that works on the local level is when local ownership takes place. You know, that it's, it's not something that, uh, that I or others are doing at you or for you or to you. It's, uh, it's something that by supplying some of the, the basic, uh, information and examples of what other communities are doing, uh, that allow a, a community to begin to take hold uh, and create their own ideas, their own vision, and really become engaged in that way. And so to me, Trainer has just been such a wonderful example of a community who has, uh, who has done that and continues to do that and has a vision um, for the future as well. In that process, to me, it, uh, it certainly keeps uh, Tristan's love and spirit alive. Uh, he's very much, I think, in your community. I really like, um, it's been kind of amazing to me because I may not have necessarily known, you know, there was a force behind keep kids alive. I think it was you or somebody else said, Oh, have you ever seen the signs that say keep kids alive drive 25? I'm like, well, yeah, I've seen them. And it's been really kind of cool in the last four years since Tristan's been gone. I would say keep kids alive comes up at least, and this is four years post his accident, at least once a week, if not three to four times a week. I'm a physical therapist and to my patients, something will come up about what I do or where I run or this or that. And 
Keep Kids Alive will come up and it's fun because I'll say, well, have you ever seen those signs? And I would say there's a big percent of them that say, oh yeah, I've seen that before. Did you know that the guy who started that lives in Omaha, Nebraska? And they, you know, they have no clue. They don't know. And so it's been really cool to share that. And like Lisa said, is until it happens to you, you don't notice. Yeah, I saw those signs. I didn't think anything of it. And it's, it's neat for me myself. I go into a neighborhood and I notice them. I notice them right away. And even for me, I don't feel like I've ever been a fast driver in a neighborhood, but man, I watch my speed. You know, I watch, I'm not going to go over 25. I will not go even to 20, honestly, in a, in a neighborhood. And it's just, it's just kind of neat how big this has been and, and continu- can continue to be. But yeah, how many people have seen the sign, but maybe have not been touched by it, which is great if you haven't had to be, um, but be able just to educate people on it and, and how big this really can be. I think it's crazy to me that you started this 25 years ago, 26, 21 years, 21 ago. years ago. Okay. 21 years ago, cell phones weren't, weren't a thing. The distracted driving that we have now did not exist. Even with running, like Lisa talking, having a trail, I used to run a lot, a lot of miles on gravel roads. There weren't cell phones. I, you could not pay me to do what I used to do on gravel roads today because of, because of that. And so now it's obviously keep kids alive is more important now than it's ever been. So yeah, whatever anybody can do to bring that forward to people and, and educate people, I think is amazing. Well, I want to thank you for, for joining us for this second edition of our Keep Kids Alive podcast. For those of you who would like more information about Keep Kids Alive Drive 25, you can visit our website, uh, keepkidsalivedrive25.org. If you'd like to do the edited version, you can do kkad25.org. It'll take you to our website and uh, there's all kinds of uh, information there about how you can mobilize locally. Uh, there are also uh, a whole slew of public service announcements uh, that are up on YouTube that you can access from uh, the website and utilize in your own community as well. And you can also email me, Tom Everson, uh, off the uh, website for any questions or information that you might be interested in uh, following up on. Again, thank you very much for listening and uh, look forward to you joining us next month when uh, Doug and Sherry Troop, who are two of our board members and uh, Paul's parents, will uh, join us. And uh, along with uh, Beth uh, Norris, who's uh, Nate's mom and has been very involved with our uh, Live Forward initiatives over the years. And they're going to be talking about their experience of involvement. So we look forward to hearing their stories. Thank you all for listening. Please visit kkad25.org to find out how you can support Keep Kids Alive Drive 25 and get involved by following on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Remember, it's about kids. It's about safety. It's about caring. It's about time. Into the deepest well I've fallen, but I can still hear you calling down to me. Singing That's a start, now you gotta believe you can survive
keeps echoing, blood starts flowing, and your song keeps echoing, blood starts flowing, and I feel strong today. Stronger than death. I'm not afraid to keep on. Moving. 